Hello and welcome back to the Heal and Drama podcast, a wrestling podcast that keeps you up to date with the latest uh, stories and news within WWE. Um, we are currently on the road to Survivor Series War Games. We're recording this the week of. Well, is it the week of? Because it's a Sunday we're recording this. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it is, right? No, because it... Oh, yeah, it's on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, it's week off. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a week off. It's a week yeah. off. Uh, but yes, we'll of course be talking about uh, the the Raw and SmackDown that happened this week, keeping you up to date with the storylines there and the big sort of going ons. And then uh, we'll also talk about maybe some news. There was a, there was bits of news this week as well, actually. That I think we should talk about. What's that? Before we get into this, um, I, oh, I'm not in my heel character. That's what today. I was about to ask you. I was yeah. about to say, how are you? Are we going to get healed? Okay, today? yeah. No, no, go on. Then ask me how okay. I am. So, Luke, how are you? I'm good today. Yeah, I was like, I'm. Re- I was like raring to go today. I think okay. this week was. A good week in WWE. Um, I still strongly believe that if there was a SmackDown versus Raw, SmackDown is still the better show, in my opinion, this week. Similar to what I said last week, because I think Raw is kind of like, I think it's becoming the same thing yeah. to a degree. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think um, I'm a little bit more open-minded this week, a little bit more energised, you know. I'm not fed up. And heel, Luke, and heel Luke is not making an appearance this week. He may make an appearance, okay. in regard, you know, depending on what discussions we get into uh, and how heated I feel about but that. But he's not at the forefront of today. No, like, no, because um, he's he's in the mix of um, uh, articulate host Luke. Okay. Nice <laughs> articulate word there. I like it. Yeah, that's why I said articulate. Yeah, so I said. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I said it. <laughs> We were actually considering filming these podcasts so you can see our reactions because I don't think you get the full understanding of like our relationship and what we're like with each other. I think if you could see us, it would be 10 times funnier, the conversations we have with each other and stuff. That's something that we can maybe like think about in the new year and things like that. But uh, I just said. Oh, is it? (laughs) Well, I just said we're thinking about filming them. It's hard though because you've got a face for radio and I don't. (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so um i think i want to start off with a little bit of news it's not going to take up too much of the the, the show i don't know what this means are you crying already in terms (laughs) of like laughter we've only been recording two minutes um i don't know what this news is so i'm excited what do you mean you don't all right so number one the Heel and Jar podcast will be at another WWE live event this April. Oh, our news. Yeah, well, no, I it's all about that. news in the universe. Yeah, but we'll also we'll also be talking about news in the WWE universe yeah. as well. But the Heel and Jar podcast will be at a WWE live event this coming April, Friday, the 19th of April at 7.30 in the O2 Arena. We'll be in uh, Section 101, Row H, if you want to come say hi to us. <laughs> <laughs> that is... If, if this podcast, like, you know, if we have quite a lot of listeners, that'd be cool if we could meet We could people. make, like, T-shirts and stuff, and then people come out and be like, what's that? We'd be like, that's a podcast on Spotify. I'm not sure it's so keen on that idea, but... Business card. If we've got people who listen regularly, though, and they do get tickets, it'd be cool if they did come see us. Uh, yeah, so if you if you are going yeah. to a WWE live event in April at the O2 London, uh, and you happen to follow us on our socials, at your job or podcast on Instagram and TikTok... Drop us a, a DM and yeah. we'll say we'll say hi, I guess. But I'm really excited because, like we've been saying, I've only been into wrestling since the Royal Rumble last year. This year, Remember this year, this year, this year, and this will be. I know it won't be within the year, but like I've got, I've bought tickets to three live events. I've seen two live events, and I've got tickets for a third. And we are also going to try 
and get tickets for Bash in Berlin, I think. Yeah, Bash in Berlin, August. But that's another that's another bit yeah, of news yeah. I wanted to discuss. Um, as we were purchasing tickets this week, we also got another no- notification from WWE stating that Backlash, the PLE after WrestleMania, will be hosted in Lyon, France this year. Yeah. Strange place in France to host it. Why you go to like Paris well, or something? Yeah, I guess I guess it's because they do have a really big stadium there. I guess that, that doesn't yeah, make I look sense. I look at the stadium mm-hmm. like I looked at like a view from my seat and stuff. Yeah. It's huge, but it's just it, it's not the easiest place to get to. No, in in France, no. there's there's a lot easier places that you could go to. So so yeah, we are. Uh, it's exciting to see that WWE is continuing to branch out every year to to the to Europe and the UK and things like that. It's full European PLEs in two years. So we started with Clash of the Castle. In my hometown, Cardiff, Wales. Money in the Bank. We have Money in the Bank, O2 London, and the Smackdown with it because it was a combo thing. Yeah. So we'll have Backlash in France next year, um, as well as Bash in Berlin. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's that's cool. Um, it does make me a little bit concerned that maybe they're not going to do a UK event next year because they're doing that. France and and, yeah. and thingy. And I'm sure I'm sure Saudi get two events as well. I was thinking that, and the fact, yeah. And obviously there's one in um, Australia, Australia, Saudi, yeah. So we might not. However, we did look out and get two in a row. And I think, and the fact we've got money in the bank, which was a massive one. It wasn't just like a random PLE. It was like money yeah. in the bank. Um, I, you know, I think the good thing about Europe is it, it's kind of the same with America. If you live in America, you can really easily get to other states in America. With Europe, obviously, if you live in Europe, it's not that difficult to get to other European yeah, cities. So I do, I do see why maybe they wouldn't want one in the UK because we can easily get to France and Berlin. We're like debating going to. We we really want to go to Bash and Berlin because yeah. it's it's a good time for us, uh, like personal life wise. Yeah, and also um, we think Imperium are gonna be headlining in some way. The fact that you've got three German speakers. Yeah. You know, you're going to get Gunther there. You're going to probably get Vinci and uh, Giovanni. Giovanni. Giovanni Vinci. Yeah, Giovanni Vinci. <laughs> Kaiser, yeah. You're going to probably get them there, like, because they'll they'll do a promo in German, won't they? So. Yeah, but we are going to look at... Uh, what do you mean German? Like, Gunther's Austrian. <laughs> yeah, what language do they speak in Austria? They speak German. Luke, we've been there. We actually went there, like, two, two three yeah. months ago, aren't we? They speak German, you don't know. I think, all, I think it's because they, I think it's because everyone we spoke to they had really good English. Yeah, but they speak. They speak. Um, it's like typical, like like what? UK tourism, though, isn't it? You expect everyone to speak English. Disgusting of us. But um, yes, we are okay. Come, I start, okay, I stand corrected. Um, we're more inclined to go to Bash in Berlin, but we are gonna look at Backlash um, and see what the ticket prices are there because we did look at flights and hotels and things like that and it, it is a little bit more expensive yeah. for to go to that to go to Lyon in France than it is to go to Berlin and I think we're more I think Berlin appeals more to us right yeah cool we, city I've been to France before and I've was, always wanted to go to Berlin I went to Disneyland Paris Cool. Yeah, cool. Um, just to correct myself, um, I said they all they're all German speaking. They're not. Um, Ludwig Kaiser is German, so him and Gunther both German speaking. But Giovanni Vinci is actually Italian, so they're all European. I thought they were all German speaking for some reason, but he is Italian. So yeah, I think that's the main news. Oh, um, <laughs> it's I, all us news, pretty much. Well, no, no, actually, I want to I want to quickly touch on something that the WWE did this week, and I just want to say to all the fans out there that are getting baited. Just think about it, right? It's not happening. And I'll, I said it last week and I'll say it again. If it does happen, I'm going to look really stupid. But the WWE this week decided to allow comments on a video of CM Punk's entrance to 
uh, an event. I forgot which one it was. Um, but he that that video hasn't been able to be commented on for years on YouTube or something. Why have they gone out of their way to like? They've had to physically go out their way, scroll down, find that video from years ago, and say activate and comments. It. Right. So do you know what? Do you know what my thought is? Because they know how to get the people talking. Exactly. Right. It's a business. It's social media marketing. Right. You think. Everyone's talking about CM Punk coming back. Regardless, we know he's not. He's, he's probably coming back or not. You know what I mean? But how do we get people talking? How do we get the internet rolled up? How do we get people talking about Survivor Series more than or, or what they already are? You do that, and then that, that that is a conspiracy. Yeah. I think everyone's getting baited. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, can I do a side note? Kind of irrelevant, kind of not. I ask for permission. Yeah, I'm gonna do a side yeah. note. Kind of relevant, kind of not. I saw today on um, Reddit that, or just maybe in the news, I can't remember where I saw actually that Ronda Rousey um, has done a dark match fight in Ring of Honor. Oh, interesting. Is that AEW? They do have a they do have a relationship, yeah. yeah but they they're two but separate promotions. The people she did it with are AEW, so it was a tag team match, and I think the other three were all AEW athletes. And now there's a lot of things of is she going to AEW? I, I what I mean, she's she's a you know she's she's a mixed martial artist, artist, fighter, wrestler. She also. said she was retired. She's she's a, she's a sports personality, right? She's going to mm. go where people uh, want interest in her. And but where there's money. Well, I don't know. I think you get more money in the WWE, but um, but yeah, I just yeah. thought that was interesting uh, to mention. That talk, I saw talking it. about that, I saw that Dolph Ziggler's having his first match back or something in another promotion. I've heard that he. I've heard, I saw something about that, and then someone said that his contract, he's got a bit longer yet before he can. It's three months. Yeah, three months until you can go work. Yeah, somewhere. and I don't think it's been three months yet. Mental, that isn't it? Imagine mm. if like that was like a like a thing in the world, like in every industry. Like imagine if I wanted to change jobs, but I couldn't go work for like a competitor for three months. I'd have and, to go work in a different industry. And I think it's kind of harsh that that three months comes in when you've been let go, because they let you go because they didn't want you. If you if it was because you decided to leave, fair enough. Yeah. Like you've decided to go. They're like, well, okay, you need three months. But if they let you go, why do they? Why do you have to wait three months? I look at Edge. Edge managed. Edge did it very well by letting his contract run out, not renewing his contract, and then going AEW. Yeah, I, I've moved a little bit closer to the mic because I want to lean back on my chair more. So, sorry. That's fine. Um, okay. Uh, any other news? Do you, do you we we read this week? I think that was about it, really. Yeah, I mean, I've got loads of rumors, loads of theories, loads of stuff I read, but we'll get into that as we go through the stories. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this little synopsis here quickly. Uh, so we'll start off with uh, Monday Night Raw this week. Um, you know, as we're we're working up to uh, Survivor Series is coming this Saturday, November twenty fifth. Um, we saw uh, matches like uh, Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes versus the Judgment Day to try and go for the tag team titles. We saw matches of Ivan and the Miz. Otis and Shinsuke Nakamura, Tegan Rox versus Piper Niven. Uh, but of course, we'll probably talk about our favourites in that in that show and, and our rumours and things like that. So, um, Lauren, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so it started off um, as every single Raw and has started or ended in the last however long. Um, I'm not going to get mad. <laughs> uh, but this time it started slightly differently. It was Cody who opened the show. Um, and Cody was basically, I think he was thanking people. I can't really remember, but he was just talking about everything. And then he introduced his War Games team. So he introduced um, Seth, 
Jay. Jay. Sammy. Sammy. And they all came out. Um, but one thing that I wanted to know, and this is kind of a... Sorry, I just dropped my pen. Um, this is kind of something that was becoming a bit of a storyline, is Cody and Seth don't like each other and have issues. And this is something I didn't know. Did you know that? Um, if I'm saying um, probably not, I can't remember. So... I can't remember why, but they basically... Oh, Cody says, or Seth, one of them says, you know, we're in this ring with people um, oh, did, that the, we've always liked, that we've learnt, or, like, we've always respected, we've learnt to respect, and some who... And then they, like, look at each other as if to say, like, we don't get on with each other. Yeah, I think it was to do with uh, the World Heavyweight Champion uh, tournament thing they did before Seth became... Ah, OK. Because I think, I think he... No, actually, no, because didn't Brock get involved? That's why he didn't go further with yeah, it. Yeah, it's Brock. It's Brock. Yeah, so um, I'm not entirely sure what the beef is there. We need to find out. But um, if I just skip forward, they had a segment later on where Cody was like, look, you can hate me for 364 days of the year, but on this day, I'm going to need you. And Seth basically says, um, I don't like you, but I respect you and I will fight with your team. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was like, I never realised that they had beef, but they're clearly, I don't know if they are... Um, looking for somewhere for this to go after. Maybe we'll see a Seth versus Cody fight after it. Or so, not fight, a wrestling match. Um, <laughs> like maybe that'll be a storyline we see later on. If um, they were to lose, maybe they'll turn on each other or something like that. But I just thought it was interesting to know that they said they didn't like each other. I um, think... And um, it, was, it was a mutual thing. My My opinion on that theory is... It's a possibility, yeah, but I think we're too close to WrestleMania now. But why do they feel the need to bring it up? Like, I, I, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, some people might have been like, oh, that's a bit strange. Um, but a very similar scenario has happened on SmackDown, and we'll talk about that when we get to it, and it wasn't brought up then, so I don't understand. I don't know, it just seemed weird that they brought it up, and, and the fact that they brought it up in the ring and then did a backstage segment on it as well, I don't know. So what what I meant by that was, in terms of two close to WrestleMania, there can definitely be a feud and there can definitely be a matchup. But regarding the World Heavyweight Championship, if that's on the line, I don't see Cody winning it. Because um, I, I, I still believe. I don't think that I don't think Seth will have it. I still believe that that we're we're heading to Ro- Reigns versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania forty for the, the Universal Title. But then again, I think we spoke about this briefly when we were watching the show. Um, on the way on uh, this week, and we watched this this year's we wa- we rewatched back this year's Royal Rumble, didn't we as well? And I think we were chatting about it, but we're like I can't call who's going to win the Royal Rumble this year. Last year it was obvious it was going to be Cody. I can't call it this year. Yeah, I mean, so I think I'm so I'm going on about and fighting my case for a Cody versus, uh, you know, Reigns. The only way that can happen is if. Cody wins the Royal Rumble, or I mean, he wins the Elimination I seen, Chamber. I would say I have seen people say they think somebody else will win um, the Royal Rumble, and they won't challenge Roman. They will challenge whoever's holding the heavyweight, and then and Cody, Cody wins, will wins Chamber? Elimination Chamber, right, and that's okay. how he'll do it. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think Seth will have the title. I think we might see maybe a feud between them, and it'll happen just a feud without a title on the line. Cody and Seth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that happened. Um, and then Judgment Day come out. I want to say Damien and Finn are superb heels. I felt like they really came into that element when they were on the mic. Um, and they were proper dissing everyone in the ring. And they, they I, I was watching them and I was like, oh, you guys are so good. Yeah, like, you I turned really to me and was like, they're it. so good as heels yeah. on the mic. 
and I, and they don't get they don't get given that opportunity enough out there in the ring because a lot of like the Judgment Day stuff when Damien Finn talks is backstage yeah. or it's a lot of Rhea sort of like yeah. fronting it you know or what it's, I mean? it's to each other they have yeah. like a conversation to each other they don't have a conversation against someone um, so I really like that and then anyway Cody starts goading at the at, um, Damien being like who's your leader and Damien's like we don't have a leader and he's like yeah but who's your leader who's your leader and then Damien declares he is the leader and when he declares it um, JD looks shocked. JD Madonna's like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. And Finn is fuming yeah, at him and says shocked, it. So. Um, yeah, because Rhea's been, Rhea's been put on her cases. They, they, the Judgment Day say that they're a family and there's no leaders. And I think, yeah, uh, Cody was able to snap the banjo there. Yeah, he was really lot. guiding it. So in, are, um, we, are, we, are, we on, are we on the verge of a, a Judgment Day breakup now? No. If people are starting to call themselves leaders? No, but you need a leader for... War games. The leader you, starts. Yeah, you do need a leader, but so I, I, I don't. I think they're just going to make Damien go first. I think they'll say, "You said you're the leader. You've got to go first now." Yeah. Um. So that happens, and then Seth's like, "Blah blah blah. Hate all of this. I want to fight. You're in fighting gear. We're in fighting gear." And we see Sammy, Seth versus Dom and JD. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, I missed something. What did you miss? Before that happened. Or does it happen after the match? What are you talking about? No, sorry, it happens after the match. Yeah, carry on, okay. carry on. Um, this is a pretty like standard tag team match between Meh. the two. Yeah, I mean, um, they've got some some chemistry, but not incredible chemistry. Um, I didn't vibe with it that much. I didn't vibe with it. I still think Dom is, uh, Dom is improving every week in I, the you know in the ring. I uh, JD th- did a good job as well. I thought Dom and JD did really good jobs of selling. They all, we thought, said that we said yeah, that. Yeah, they're good the sellers, but like I felt like they did a good job of selling, but yeah. I didn't feel like there was there was no like power moves, there was no dominating, there was nothing that I was like, whoa, that was sick. I was just kinda like, eh. But o- overall the match was essentially the way it ended was in the exact same way Raw ended last week, in which the rest of the judgment day come out, so Finn Balor and Damian Priest come out, they start attacking so and so in the ring. Then Sammy and no, it's not Sammy. Sorry, um, Cody and Jay. Jay come out, and yeah, they're all having a tussle. So the match ends in a disqualification. Adam Pearce comes out, breaks them all up, and says, "I'm tired of the games again. I'm tired of the games. You all have to wait till Saturday." You know, there's a match at the end, end of the night, which was uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes for the undisputed tag team titles. Everyone else is involved in the Judgment Day. All that, all Cody's team is banned from the arena. Um, and we go from there. Yeah, so just... So, you know, that, that segment, according to the notes here, that segment took up 35 minutes of the show. Like, the yeah. open show. Isn't this a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour show? Um, something to know, this is what <clears> I was going to say a second ago, is um, when the brawl was happening, JD took a spear for Damien. So Jey Uso went to... Spe- I think it was Jay went to spear Damien. Yeah, and, um, JD pushed him out JD of the way. JD pushed him out of the way, and JD took the spear, and this is quite... a pivotal moment for JD in terms of Judgment Day. And it's something that the commentators kept saying as well. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Corey Graves and Michael Cole said, you know, a JD keeps doing this, keeps putting his body in the line and sacrificing himself for Damien Priest. But he still looked at ha- as the as the sort of uh, back foot of the Judgment yeah. Day or, or, or the you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's not really been integrated into it yet. Um, yeah. But that, you know, that develops mm-hmm. in, in the show. But that wasn't the end of the segment. That wasn't how the segment ended. So 
um, Adam Pierce is like kicking off at everyone and Rhea's like, shut up Adam, we've had enough from you. Like you can't order us what to do. Um, and Zoe Stark actually comes out. And the reason why I want to bring this up is I think Rhea did one of her best promos I've ever seen her do. Yeah. I thought she did an amazing promo, yeah. So Zoe comes out and Rhea's like, oh God say, what do you want? She's like, you know why I'm here. Um, and then Zoe's like, oh Rhea, I'm in your head. You've got so much to worry about. Judgment Day, your title, Dom Dom. Like there's so much going on in your head. I'm in your head. Um, and Rhea's like, Rhea comes out and she's just really, really powerful. And she basically says she's been watching Zoe on NXT. She knows she's a future champ. However, there is no way she's going to be a future champ while she's on the same brand as Rhea because Rhea is going to be the champ as long as she's on that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does such a powerful promo. She ends up basically screaming down the mic, but it's, it's just, a, I can't say anything but power move. It was, do you know what I mean? Like she yeah, came yeah. across like, I am an absolute badass woman. I am in control of everything. Nobody is going to stand in my way. And I really, really can't see Rhea losing after that promo. Not that I thought she'd lose anyway, but after that promo, I was like, I'm scared of you. Yeah. Like, the, 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 you know, we're still, I think we're still, uh, aiming towards Judgment Day holding all the gold yeah. so I can't see I can't see uh, Rhea losing that either but yeah great promo um, now we, we of course we don't touch on all of the matches and we're not going to do that here we just touch on the big highlights and the stories here um, so next up we had uh, Otis versus Shinsuke Nakamura I think the highlight for me within that was really the video package of Nakamura at the beginning he, he's still doing the sort of anime sort he's still of going like, after seth yeah yeah but he's doing it in like this cryptic way and things like that um yeah he's really honed into the heel aspect of it of course shinsuke nakamura came out on top then we had before pa- we move on go on sorry um i just want to talk about tozawa i can't remember if we talk about this on the podcast right um but it's not a theory i don't think this will happen but i saw this thing on reddit where someone said they really want to see tozawa joining every faction on wwe and I thought this would be the funniest thing. So we've seen Tazara in Alpha Academy. He actually makes, like, I, he's actually pretty good in Alpha Academy. He plays this, like, awkward, out of place, but quite funny character in there. But imagine that he, like, joins Alpha Academy. He does everything he can with them. And then, like, next week we see him on SmackDown pop up with New Day. And he's got, like, a trumpet and he's, like, joining in with everything they're doing. And then, like, a few weeks later, he's back on Raw and he's in Imperium and he's in, like, I, little boxes. I can't see him going in, like, and he's really... I could But pop... no, but then also, the next next few weeks, you see him in Judgment Day and he's all dressed in black and stuff. Like, how funny would that character development be that he really, like, embodies the faction that he joins? And he only stays there for a few weeks and they kick him out because they don't really like him. But that would be such... I know WWE isn't meant to be funny. It's meant to be No, sports. well, it's a show, yeah, right? Like, it's, it's, it's entertainment. Be... Yeah, but I so think that would be... So you're supposed to have some hilarity to it you're supposed yeah. to feel happy angry sad yeah. you know you're supposed to get emotionally but I with think that'd many... be so comical it, it's I don't sports think... drama yeah. so you want to have comedy aspects to it and and I think I, I don't disagree with that I don't think it's going to happen I just saw it and thought that would be hilarious I don't disagree happened. with that but like coming back to the hilarity comment like they've been doing stuff in the back of with the locker room of all the tag teams like the New Day um, Alpha Academy and the brothers mm-hmm. the, the Creed brothers um with, with, you know, Tozawa, like, in there doing his yeah. silly dance that he does. And they're all laughing at him doing that. So there's definitely some hilarity there, but... Imagine Pretty Deadly as well. Yeah. Pretty, like, him, be, it, it, would be quite, it would be kind of funny, but then then he just be, then he's just a character yeah. then, right? He's not really a wrestler, yeah. but I don't know. Well, I, I wouldn't... I'm not mad at that idea. I think that'd be quite fun. I thought it'd be hilarious. Yeah. 
Um, but moving on from that, we had Piper Niven versus Tegan Knox. Uh, yes. Subpar. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Ludwig Kaiser. I think, uh, th- for me, I'm a fan of Ludwig Kaiser. I'm a fan his, of his wrestling style. I, I just can't get behind like Tommaso Ciampa and, and Johnny Gargano as like DIY. I think I think I might have missed that era of the hype behind them because when they NXT yeah when they come out I'm just like oh you know what I mean like it's fill it's it's filler for me you know um, yeah and I just feel like there's always a win through distraction and that's how they won because um Da Vi- Vinci I was gonna call him Da Vinci yeah. <laughs> Vinci um. Cause the distraction yeah, to help yeah. Kaiser win, and, Kaiser and I win. feel like that's just that's just what they keep doing. It's but, boring. But but that's an important that's an important part of it because because yeah. Gunther backstage then says great job tonight to Giovanna Vinci because he was you know you're doing yeah you're doing a really good job after there's been tension for weeks on end uh, between Imperium and uh, you know Giovanna Vinci not putting his weight. Um, then we had uh, uh, what's his name? Zach Zach Lee. Zaya. Damn it, my How was you to say? Jacques, Jacques Lee. Zaya. I don't know how to say her name. I don't think I watched this match. I think I was making a cup of tea. It's boring. I don't like her. It ended really quickly. It ended in the same way, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Where she like did a really good couple, like... couple of filler matches here. A couple of filler matches. Um, the Miz versus Ivar. Um, this I was... fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> before this happened, I didn't fall asleep in this match. I fell asleep like before it happened, so I did miss this match. Uh, this was, of course, a uh, rematch, really. Um you know, after the incident that happened with the fatal four-way uh, between Ricochet, uh, Bronson Reed, Ivar and The Miz uh, last week on Monday Night Raw, um, in which The Miz won that to go on to face Gunther at uh, Survivor Series this coming week. Um, so they wanted a rematch there, or sorry, match up there. Um, pretty standard match between the two. Um, I think the big note for me is that Miz is slowly becoming a babyface week in, week out now. Um, he's been a heel for so long and I think he's really starting to be going to his babyface element. That's kind of uh, and, and, and I said to you, didn't I, because um, you, you you fell asleep and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, but when when the Miz gets the one, two, three, um, it's the loudest I've heard the crowd chant for the Miz in a while. Like, he got a pretty good pop after that. So so fair play to him. Um, it was a, it was a it was yeah like I said it was an overall good match. But I'm glad to see the Miz getting his baby face uh, return. Um, but let's move on to the main event and sort of the big thing, big so things that happened just before the main event happened, or at some point when I was asleep before the main event. Um, what happened with Damien Priest? Sorry, before I go on to that, um, I just wanted I just wanted to recap, and this is what I said earlier in the intro of the podcast. Going over these matches again, this is why I keep saying that SmackDown is the better show. Because Otis versus Shinsuke, okay, it makes sense. You know, Shinsuke's getting the thing. But overall, it wasn't a great match. Piper Nuva versus Tegan Ox, wasn't a great match. Like, I, 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 I would have been, you know, I was happy to miss that. Tommaso Ciampa, Logan Kaiser, maybe that's a me thing because I can't get behind him, like Tommaso Ciampa, but a match, you know? Lee versus Sidney Hartwell, a match. Who? Zaya Lee versus uh, Indy Hartwell, a match. The Miz versus Ivar, a match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like other than other than the start of the show and the end of the show, all the in between for me is very like I I can miss it and I'm not gonna miss a lot. You have some amazing women on Raw and none of them had a fight. 
Well, you had you had Piper and Tegan. I know oh, how tra- are they amazing? No, that, well, I'm no saying, I'm I know they're trying to. I, I know they're trying to push Tegan a lot, and I suppose because it's the week of Survivor Series and they've still got live events to come up, like house shows and stuff, they want to keep their best talent, you know, to the side. But like, but it's not. They've still got another raw yeah, yet before yeah. Survivor Series. Oh yeah, they got some. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what happened before? What happened with Damian Priest? Yeah, so um, I think it was acknowledged uh, how much work J.D. McDonald has been putting in for the Judgment Day and how much he's been sacrificing himself for the team. Um, and as early on the show, Damian Priest mentions that he is the leader of the Judgment Day. Um, he approaches J.D. McDonough uh, just before he's about to leave the arena because, of course, they're banned from ringside for the tag team match, uh, banned in the arena, sorry. Um, he gives him a thank you and he says, you know, you, you've done a lot for me. Welcome to the Judgment Day and gives him a Judgment Day jacket. Um so I think that's pretty big because it's been, what, maybe six, seven weeks now where, like Damon said, he's not a part of the Judgment Day. He's the only one that's really had a problem with him. Um, but I think he's starting to recognise now that he's trying to put work in. He's trying to, trying to do it. But interesting fact, um, you know, during the, uh, the opening show where they were having, you know, that sort of like back and forth with, uh, you know, Cody and all that and writing him up, all of the Judgment Day spoke by J.D. McDonough. He was the only one that didn't go on the mic. I think that's down to the fact that I don't think he's like good on the mic just yet. And yeah. probably like in moments like that, he's not needed, especially when you've got Rhea as an added person who will speak on the mic. Yeah, he's a bit unconvincing. But um, okay, let's talk about the main event of the show this week, which was a tag team title bout between Damien Priest, Finn Balor, Damien Priest, Finn Balor, Judgment Day versus Cody and uh, Jey Uso uh, for the undisputed tag team titles. Now, I think it's been like, when did they lose them? When did Jay and Cody lose them? Only a couple of weeks ago, right? So, yeah, it was it was about time they had this had this rematch. Um, again, a quite a long match. I think it's like it says here, it was like thirty five minutes, forty minute match. So fair is, play to But them. is that is that the segment or the time of the match? Because obviously the segment goes on a bit it was, longer it, than the I actual match. That, uh, it include yeah, it's included entrances. So it's about thirty five minutes. Uh, the whole segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty long one, but um. Do you have any notes on 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 this? I one? think I woke up near the end of it. <laughs> it's supposed to be the heel and job podcast, is, not is, just the heel podcast is, where no, I no, talk no. about everyone. I know, I agree. It is, isn't it? So why are you not making notes, eh? I do make notes. They're on the screen right now. I'm they're they're at not them. your notes. That's someone else's notes. Well, it's a report that I can read from. Yeah. I, I can so, I can give my opinion so why, from. Why, it's a reaction. So why do I need to make notes then? Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Sit back, relax, drink your coffee, and listen to me. This is why I said, I feel like we need to film it because if you could see Luke right now, <laughs> um, God, this, this match went the way that you th- the way you'd think it. Right, they've already had this match beforehand, so it was quite fluid in the way they were performing. Um, some pretty good spots between uh, Jay and Cody and and, and Phil and Damien and things like that. Um, but the the problem is with with matches like these is that like you know what the outcome's gonna be. You know what I mean? So, regardless of how good the match was, you just knew that the Judgment Day were going to come out on top because of the current uh, storyline and path that they're going on at the moment. But I think it was more a case of, um, you know, uh, who's the better team at this at this moment and getting the heads of each other for war games. But um, there was a point within the match in which it looked like Cody and Jay were going to come out on top uh, when they delivered their weird, like, 1D thing. Yeah, I don't like it. It's weird. Like, Cody does a Cody cutter and then Jay lifts him up. It's, I don't like it. I think they should stop doing it. It's kind of like a variation on the Usos um, move that they do as a tag team. Mm. 
um, was there was one moment that I did see where um, Damien threw Cody into the like corner of the ring yeah. and like a heart like a massive metal bit like came flying yeah. off, which was quite funny. Yeah, but um, you know. It- there's a note here that the announcers uh, like Corey, uh, Corey and um, well, actually no, Corey wasn't there. Corey Smackdown, wasn't he? Wade. Uh, Wade and Michael Cole kept like avoiding saying anything too much about the War Games entrance, like the War Games teams, because like I said last week, it's usually five v five, but they they keep trying to push the idea that it's going to be four v four until we get to the the pinnacle conclusion of the match, in which it looks like Cody and Jay are going to come out on top and they're going to get the one two three. But Drew McIntyre comes out and interferes with the match, delivers a claim war kick to Jey Uso, allowing Jay, allowing uh, Finn and Damien to retain the titles. As Damien, as uh, Drew's walking away, back up to the uh, the entrance, Rhea Ripley comes out and they shake hands. And I think it's fair to say that Drew McIntyre and we we called it like maybe two three episodes ago, and we called it on our TikTok as well. Drew McIntyre is possibly the fifth member. Of the yeah. uh, of the Judgment Day's team for War Games. Yeah, and I thought it was quite good that because I saw this, I thought it was quite good that um, he kicked. It was um, Jay he kicked because like the commentators were saying, you know, it's very very clear that he still has an issue with Jay after all the things of how they stole the t- that he will see him as they stole the title from him at, at Clash of the Castle. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Jay Jay wasn't there. No, but he'll blame the Usos. Oh, the he bloodline, blames the bloodline, yeah. Um, for doing it, so it's like it's quite it's quite nice that that's that's why he did it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it looks like Drew is going to be joining Judgment Day. It's going to be a five v five, and then that leaves the question of who will be the fifth member for Cody's, for Cody's team. team. And it's, uh, it's interesting we keep calling it Cody's team. Well, I think it's because he the way the the way the show started, right? He came on and said, "Let me introduce He's the my daddy team." Of the team let's yeah. Be honest. But um, when the show when the show <laughs> went off air. Um, and the cameras all turned off. Apparently, Cody says over the mic, uh, you know, after the show's over, they've got friends, but I also have friends too. So um, he's teasing the fact that, you know, someone he's looking at bringing someone in to be a fifth member, whether that's Randy Orton or CM Punk. I, so I'm, more, I'm, more, I'm, more, I'm more inclined to uh, Randy Orton than CM Punk. Sorry, you interrupted me. I had to put my hand up. When my hand goes up, your mouth stays shut. <laughs> yeah, so many people think that um, it's going to be Randy Orton or CM Punk. And I think that's what they want. I think they want it to be a big surprise. They want it to be someone returning. But actually, I think two people potentially. I think it could be LA Knight. <laughs> like, everyone loves him at the moment. He's worked with... Um, like he's worked with that group when we had that thing on SmackDown where it was the Bloodline and Judgment Day versus all the faces in the ring. LA Knight was part of that. Um, but I think also another person it could be could be KO, considering him and Sammy are best friends. He works closely with them. He absolutely hates Judgment Day. Um, why could it not be him? So I think everyone's really, really hoping that it's going to be someone returning. And I think everyone's going to be severely disappointed if it's not someone returning like Randy or CM Punk. But I think it's more likely to be someone who's already in WWE. Yeah. Well, Randy was spotted at the Performance Center weeks ago. But, you know, maybe he's just there for a training session. He was, like, in the area. You know, you don't know. But, um, yeah, like I said earlier on, before we started started recapping Raw, uh, I still believe that this was, like it was last week, a weak, weak show for me. I think there's so much focus on 
war games going up that the, the the in between is sort of lackluster um and it doesn't get me excited for anything um it's quite exciting to see where this is going to go uh this monday and this saturday at war games um yeah it's going to be it's going to be so funny like on the internet and like twitter and stuff like that if like no one does come back and it is like la knight or like kevin owens as the fifth member of cody cody's team you know so that's what you said. Did you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I've been so used to hosting this myself for the last 10 minutes that I thought I forgot you were here. All right, Lauren, Smackdown. Sorry, I I, I, I told you, I, I said the heel character would be here somewhere. Just very funny. I've written damage control. I've spelled it wrong. I've done damage without any uh, vowels and then written control properly, but still the way around. Mm. Just the word damage properly and control without any, without any vowels. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, Friday Night Smackdown, which happened um, on the 17th of November this week. Um, as we know, Friday Night Smackdown is always a shorter show than it is compared to Monday Night Raw. So we're looking about an hour and a half show. But I still think in the hour and a half is more entertaining than three hours of Raw. I don't know if you feel that way. It's strange because for me, Raw was always more like there was more storyline to it. Um, and SmackDown was more sort of just matches. However, ever since the Bloodline had their massive story, I feel like Raw, uh, SmackDown, sorry, has been more about the storyline and developing an actual plot to it. Yeah. Rather than just, oh, we've got these feuds. It's like, this is a story. This is where it's going to go. So do you want to kick off uh, SmackDown for us this week? So um, it starts with Damage Control coming out. Well, um, well, well with this the new Damage Control. The new Damage Control. So we've got Bailey, um, EO Skies, Dakota Kai joins them. And then we've got Kairi Sane and Asuka mm-hmm. um, all coming out. And Bailey takes to the mic and she takes credit for Asuka joining. She's like... It was a brilliant plan of mine to get Asuka to turn on her teammates. Like, I'm so amazing. I'm so glad I thought of this. And then Io, Asuka and Kairi um, all start talking Japanese to each other. And the way they're talking and kind of their facial expressions suggest they're looking at, they're thinking, baby, what the hell are you going on about? Shut up. Yeah. Um, Dakota then comes in, didn't know she was fluent in Japanese, and says... Um, no because bailey's like what are they talking about she's like oh don't worry like they didn't mean it whatever um and then dakota says but one person in this ring is not actually part of damage control and bailey looks very worried bailey's like what do you mean why are you saying this because i think she obviously can tell in this point she's a bit of an outsider in this group at the moment um but dakota's like yeah no oscar's not being like what's the word initiated into the group um, and so she's like, go on, you do it. You're the leader. You should do it. And there's this real, like, manipulating personality coming out of Dakota at the moment. And I think that's what she's meant to be doing. Yeah. But the way she was like, yeah, like, oh, don't you see? We Like, we've not initiated Oscar, but you're the leader. You should be the one to do it. And it feels like she's really, you know, just manipulating Bailey. So she's planting the seeds in, yeah. her, in her head, you know? So um, Bailey... Uh, initiates Oscar, um, and then. Did you forget what happened? No, I just couldn't work out what I'd written here. But I think I think what I put is they because I thought I thought this was official. I thought this had already happened, but I guess it hadn't, and we just presumed it had. But I think what I've written here is Kyrie saying then challenges Bianca, Charlotte, and um, Shotzi 
to a war game. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I thought they'd already. It wasn't. A, it wasn't official yeah. until like this Friday. Yeah, I thought. But I think we all assumed it was going to yeah. be. So I think that's the issue. Yeah. So then, so she initiates Oscar, and then Kyrie says, "Right, we challenge you to a war games." Yeah. Um. Obviously, Dakota Kai is currently injured. I don't think she's going to be recovered by the time. So it's looking like it's going to be a four v four women's. Um. Yeah. Which obviously leaves the question of well, Charlotte, Shotzi, and um, Bianca Belair, there was only three of them. Yeah. So they had to go out and find a fourth person. And who's the general manager? Uh, Nick Aldis. He says, you have until tonight to announce who it is. By the end of this evening, you have to let us know who the fourth member of your team is. Yeah. Um, which which basically, with, with uh, Damage Control knowing that and knowing the pressure that's on their team they would go out of their way then to essentially attack any woman any woman wrestler, uh, any female superstar in the back uh, that was having discussions with Charlotte. Um, no, Bianca. Bianca and her, her team. It's, I think it's worth noting, Bianca straight away says to Charlotte, you know who to call. Yeah. And Charlotte's very reluctant to call this person. Yeah. Um, and when we say who the person is, you'll kind of see why she's reluctant to. She's like, oh, okay, like, whatever. So Bianca's going around trying to initiate anyone else who um, will join them. Um, why did you say it like that? Will uh, join Because I'm just thinking them. of, like, loads of things in my head right now. Should we just should we finish this storyline then? Go on yeah, no, let's finish this story. Okay. I think this is quite important. Yeah, so, um, yeah, they're battling everyone. And then at the end, they all come out. Sorry, what 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 are you asking me? So I I can't remember. It's in my head. I'm really confused. So at the end, damage control come out. Do damage control come out? And then Charlotte, or is it the other way around? No, right. So throughout the night, the damage control are attacking every female superstar that Bianca Belair and so on are talking to which in the back. Which can I say? So which was like Delina Vega. That was two. Yeah, I feel um, like that's important to say. Yeah, it was only me, two. Me but they were basically doing what the bloodline did. But, um, with AJ Styles, like a couple of weeks ago, when well, they injured him, what? But what I want to say is, there's not that many women on SmackDown. There was only two people, and like we were saying to each other, who else is there? Like who else could they ask to join? Because they they've literally beat up two people, and I cannot think of another person. And Zelina and Mitchum, like they're part of factions. Yeah, they're like then they don't tend to do a lot of fights. Like uh, Mitchum well, as well. I, I called it. I knew who it was going to be. You did, but um, yeah, it was just it was. Like, it shocks me how little women there are on SmackDown. Anyways, we get to the end of SmackDown and the team of Bianca Bella, Charlotte and Shotzi come out to the ring um, and they're about to announce who their fourth member is. But as they go to say it, Damage Control come back out and they're causing, you know, a sort of a stir in the ring and saying, you know, you don't have a partner. You, We all know you're bluffing and things like that. Why are you going hand up? Because I want to say something, but you're shouting me for inter interrupting you. Sorry, they weren't about to announce it. They didn't know if this person was going to be able to join and show up. And that was kind of the worry. They were like, I've, Charlotte comes in, she was like, I've asked this person, but I don't know if they'll be able to turn up. I don't know if they'll actually join us. So there was kind of this thing of, are they even going to have a final person? They don't know who it was. Yeah, so as they're about to, uh, as Damage Control are about to attack the, the three in the ring, uh, we hear a cheer in the crowd and things like that. And I had already called it at this point. But then we see Becky Lynch make an appearance uh, within the ring. And she is now the fourth member of the team. So. Which I feel like there was like some clues that it was going to be her. The fact that a Charlotte Flair was very reluctant to call her. And when she's in the ring, Charlotte talks about like turning on 
your like friends or something and obviously charlotte and becky have quite a broken relationship yeah, essentially yeah. so it kind of makes sense that she wasn't sure um but yeah like i i was quite surprised it was becky but i'm glad it is becky because at least she's then getting involved in quite a big women's storyline like i think she deserves it i thought she was the only one that available to go and do that and the only one that made sense yeah um i guess you've got three out of the four horsewomen, you've got three out of the four horsewomen yeah yeah exactly so um We'll we'll see we'll see what what happens from there. But uh, I have a theory. I, 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 I do think, and you'll go on to actually no, your theory will be well segue into mine. So go ahead. Okay, so I have a theory. So I think this is quite um, the first part of it. I think is quite a. Um, I think a lot of people think this. So I think we're going to have war games and judgment. No. Damage control. This is My not... brain is not working. I think we're going to have um, war games and damage control are going to lose. And when they lose, they are all going to turn on Bailey. And what we are going to see is a face turn from Bailey, which I think a lot of people will agree with. But the way I think it's going to go after Survivor Series is I think Bailey is actually going to win the Royal Rumble this year. She's never won a Royal Rumble. She's done a lot of things. I think she's going to win the Royal Rumble. And we are going to see a WrestleMania of Bailey versus EO Skies. And what a what a storyline, what a build up, and what like a plot that would be if we did. Because they have so much history together. You know, they used to be damage control, they broke up, she re got them back together, she got them the tag team tiles, she got you essentially the women's tile. Mm. For them then to turn on her as the leader, and for her to then have this massive face turn, have to battle through 30 women to win the Royal Rumble, and then to be at WrestleMania. I think that's a hell of a storyline. And if that's not where they're going. Dis- disappointing yeah but but i also think that because damage control are gonna win the war games that it's gonna cause friction between charlotte and becky again and i think they're gonna try and integrate their past relationship feud into into another storyline here because where would becky go from here you know once this is done where do they go yeah. you know and, and what also what frustrates me and it's something we'll also mention something else that happened in smackdown but okay you know, war games. It's a, it's an exception. Survivor Series is an exception because it's the it's the blue and the it's the blue brand and the red brand. But Jesus Christ, it's like the draft never meant anything again. You know what yeah. I mean? Why why is she allowed to just turn off on SmackDown when she's when she's a, a drafted superstar of Raw? Especially as Nick and Adam have a thing where they're like they 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 yeah, they're against they each other. Yeah, who has the better show and all that kind of stuff. But I've I, just got a question I'm asking. I, I agree with your theory. I'd like to see that happen. I've got a question. If that was actually what's going to happen, how far in advance do wrestlers know? So, for example, do you think that they have sat damage control down and they've gone, if this was happening, okay, so what's going to happen is you're all going to turn on Bailey, then Bailey is going to win Royal Rumble and this is going to happen at WrestleMania? Or do you think they just know you're going to turn on Bailey at Survivor Series? Or, like, and what do WWE know? Like, how far ahead do you think writers actually plan and how far ahead do you think wrestlers know about what their plans are so uh there's an old superstar that was in i think round about like the rufus aggression era actually i forgot i forgot what it was i think it was rufus aggression era called maven he's recently started a youtube channel basically talk because he used to be a WWE superstar he's like talking about the things in backstage and things like that what he was talking about, because I watched one of his videos the other day in regards to writers and, and who wins what match and when the lines are they find out because we know it's all like a, a drama and things like that. But I think they have a I think they have a big picture, right? 
So they have that big picture of, okay, damage control are going to fall apart. But how do they get there? Apparently, and again, I think this happened a lot when Vince was there. I don't know if it happens a lot now. But writers are always rewriting up until the yeah. day of a show sometimes. You know what I mean? And and, I, and it was something that was quite interesting is that sometimes people don't find out who's going to win that match until before two, two seconds before they go out. So basically what wrestlers do but- is they enter the arena... And they have a call sheet, mm-hmm. like you would like yeah. on, on a TV set. Uh, and it basically says, okay, you know, uh, EO Sky versus Shoutfler, right? And then underneath that, it'd have the producer of that match. So like Jason Jordan, for example. Then they would go talk to Jason Jordan and Jason would go, okay, these are the big things that we need to do, but you're going to come out on top. And then that's when they go out and perform. So I understand that. But, like, I'm talking sort of about, like, the big storylines. Because, you know what I mean? Like, all these filler matches, I can imagine they I just think, decide I, I, on the day. Right. But these ones that have... So, for example, do you think Cody was told you're going to lose at WrestleMania 40 or WrestleMania 41? You're going to win. So, so there's always a bigger, bigger overarching yeah. story with the, the needs to hit key beats. Right, like I'm, I'm sure when Vince sat down with Cody and said, we want you to come back to, Co- we want you to, come back to WWE, here's the plan. There, there was negotiations there. I think Cody mentions this in his documentary. There was negotiations and there needs to be an agreement there between, I mean, with someone like Cody who has that power when he was so big and WWE approached him, he has that power to negotiate what the story is and agree on it. But some of the small superstars, no, they get given the bigger key beats and then they have to work for a week in, week yeah. out. But working in the industry I do and working with writers, uh, you know, you know, in, in certain projects that I do, Writers are always thinking about new ways to improve a story or new twists and turns like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if that damage control story was always going to happen, but the way it was going to happen has changed 50 times. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like we didn't, like maybe like, we didn't know if Kyrie and Oscar were going to join and like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe they because knew you got... that they were going to turn on Bailey yeah. eventually, but they did. They maybe they didn't know that other people were going to join and that's how they were going to turn. Because also, there's a, there's a lot of factions involved in this, right? In terms of like, uh, or a lot of things you need to think about in which wrestlers are independent contractors, you know? So you could, there's no point in writing six months work worth of detailed script for then three weeks into that, the person who's involved in it gets injured. Yeah. Then what you do? And you don't know what's going to happen you know I mean? with the So you're always thinking well. about, okay, what if this happens? What if that happens? Okay, yeah, what's the crowd's reaction and things like that? Like... You know, I, I think you go back a year and a half ago, I don't think LA Knight was maybe even in, in discussion to, mm-hmm. to to battle Roman Reigns post-WrestleMania bloodline story. But you look at the crowd reaction and you think, oh, this will be cool. This is this is how it should be evolved and things like that. Um, it's the same with their promos. Uh, wrestler promos, they get given things they need to hit, but like the bits in between is up to the wrestler. And that's what they have to do, promo casters. Yeah. Or the NXT mirror, as they call it. So... Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. It's quite educational, that wasn't it? You're welcome. Um... <laughs> I think we're seeing a return of heel. <laughs> so, yes, just to recap, um, we've got to stop saying um. We really do have to stop no, saying um. No, you've got to stop saying You um. say it a lot. You say it a lot. You say it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish we had cameras on us. Be- Becky Lynch is the fourth member yeah. of uh, uh, of the uh, the War uh, Games. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> right. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. We have the number one contenders match. 
uh, to face the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, which of course is the Judgment Day. And I'm glad this is happening because I said to you when we watched Monday Night Raw, it's so funny that they have the undisputed titles, the SmackDown and the Raw titles, Tag Team titles together, yet they're never on SmackDown. So I'm glad that they're forcing them to come to SmackDown. But it's funny, isn't it? That they're forcing them to come on the SmackDown like the day before Survivor Series. Yeah. So they're gonna be there anyways. You know what I mean? They're gonna be in the city. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit of a cop out. But yeah, we had the Ball and Brutes versus Pretty Deadly versus Street Profits uh, in a triple threat tag team match to see who would be the number one contender to face the Judgment Day this coming Friday. And this I was said a re- this was a really good match. I think I I like all everyone in this match. I said I went. I really hope it's either the Ball and Brutes or Pretty Deadly. That was my that was my dream. My That's dream, what you wanted. My dream died. Yeah, but yeah, well, I, I semi-killed it because I disagree with, with you. With no end, if you listen to our podcast about when we saw WWE Live in London, we mentioned that the Street Profits came out to a new song. Yeah. That song you mentioned, yeah. they came out to on SmackDown this week. So it's and it had no reaction. Yeah, because it it, it's it shit. It was just garbage as when we yeah. saw it. So clearly they were testing it out at WWE Live. For some reason, they thought it was good. It's not good. Like, how can you go from... We bring the swag, da, 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 that song, yeah. to this shit. No, it doesn't have it's any a, words. It's supposed to be a power song, but it's not powerful to no. me. You know what I mean? But uh, this was a good match. Um, good match overall. Uh, quite high energy. Of course, he had the technicality of Butch and Ridge. You know, that sort of British strong style way of wrestling and things like that. Um, you know, with elements of Pretty Deadly and Nifler and then elements of Street Profits. Uh, Dawkins are pretty good in this match, I think. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's, 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 he's get, get, quite again. skinny. Yeah, I think he's improving. But uh, it ended with Butch accidentally uh, rocking his own partner, Ridge Holland, which would allow Ford and Angela Dawkins to take advantage and score the pinfall, which would make them the number one contenders for this match. And this is quite interesting, right? Because... Usually within the WWE and within the storylines, you always have a babyface versus a heel or good guys versus bad guys. On Friday, we're going to have bad guys versus bad guys. Because the Street Profits are trying to do a heel turn. Pretty deadly are also heels. I don't I don't think so. I think They're that, meant to be heels. No, I think they're in the middle. Because you have to think, they first they teamed up with Austin Theory, who's a heel. Mm. They then beat the brawling brutes by cheating and pre- pretended to have an injury. Like they are meant to be heels. They're meant to be cheats. They're not min- meant to win fairly. The only people there who are real face if it's faces, I'd say, are brawling brutes. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we're gonna get two two bad guys versus each other on Friday. I think it'll be a pretty good match. I don't see the judgment day losing the titles, of course, for because of future storylines. Um, I actually think with the Street Profits losing, it's gonna cause some tension with Bobby. Uh, and the Street Profits, considering that uh, B-Fab of Hit Row approaches Bobby Lashley backstage while the match is happening, saying we need to have a chat about something. So there's there's another storyline happening there on the side. Um, but one thing I want to talk about quickly is when when the finale of the match happened, uh, Ridge Holland looks up at Butch, kind of shakes his head, and Butch is going, you know, I'm sorry, man, this kind of happened. And Ridge Holland walks out on Butch. So are we in the process of maybe seeing the Brawling Brutes fall apart? So I, 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 I said this, I've said this so many times, but I think we're really, the Brawling Brutes have really come into their own lately and we're seeing some amazing wrestling from them. However, I wouldn't be mad because I think Butch, I think Butch is a bit of a star, you know? A star. Yeah. So I think I think he's been really restricted. And I think I think because he's small and skinny, I think that WWE don't like small and skinny people. 
Unless you're oh, Rey unless Mysterio. You're Rey Mysterio. Yeah. But like Rey Mysterio is still quite like hench, whereas Butch isn't that hench. Like he, I he, reckon I could beat him in an arm wrestle the, sort of the thing. The thing is, right, he's he he yeah, he is small, he's quite skinny, but he doesn't really I don't think he falls in that cruiserweight category of like like a Dragon Lee or like a Rey Mysterio. Because they're, they're hench. Yeah, he's more of a like a British brawling style technical wrestler. That's yeah. where he does all the finger locking and things yeah. like that, you know what I mean? Um I think he's really cool. I think he is a star and I think he could like I think he's he could hold a title. When he was by when he was Pete Dunne in NXT UK and when I saw him as Pete Dunne in ICW, I always backed him and I always said he's such a good wrestler, he's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him become a part of the Brawling Brutes, I thought Okay, yeah, like, you know, they're putting in with Seamus and Ridge and they're trying to set up this, like, sort of, like, British, Irish, you know, or UK team, that is. And I think being alongside... Yeah, being alongside Seamus elevated his career as well because when you think about it, last year's War Games was the bloodline versus the Brawling and Brutes and things like that. It's like, for someone like Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland, you know, it's not it's not often that you you see UK talent with the cream of the crop of the WWE, you know? Um, But Pete Dunne's always been really talented and I've always backed him and I like to see him step away from the Brawling Brutes and become Pete Dunne. And I think he could go as far as... He could get in a storyline with Gunther right now. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. He could hold... Like, I'm not saying I think he's going to get the heavyweight title or, like, the universal title, but, like, the intercontinental title or the US title, 100% I think he he, I think he's got the ability and he's got the... You know, I think what he needs to work on is a little bit more of getting the crowd behind him and involved. But he did it very easily when we saw it at WWE Live, yeah, he but they was in England. They were in my, England. My thought is, can he do a promo on the mic? That's what I was going to say, yeah. right? He needs he needs to, I think he needs a little bit more time on the mic, um, a little bit more time uh, working his craft uh, as a personality. But as a wrestler, he could go up against Gunther and I think he could even challenge for the World Heavyweight title. I don't think he's at the level of the Universal title because you've got to remember that's the kind of title that's prestigious because of the way... Oh, I say prestigious, no. Um, quite uh, looked at as the pinnacle of the of all the belts because it has the WWE logo on it in big WWE, right? So just sounds right. Huh? Prestigious. I was no. I was avoiding saying prestigious because Roman Reigns, uh, yes, he's held it for three years, but this year he's made that title irrelevant in any every way possible because he's only done what like twelve, thirty matches, yeah, in a whole year. But yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I like, I like, uh, I like. I can't speak. Clearly, you what's say it called? Um. Butch. I like. I don't say um. I like Butch with Ridge, and I think that Butch is bringing the best out in Ridge. But I think he's bringing himself down by bringing the best out in Ridge. And I do think he's a star and could do it by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on. Can, um, I, can I talk about this match? Yeah, 100%. Okay, Good. so I am um, Dragon Lee's um, biggest fangirl now. I'm pointing it out now. Sorry, it's going to get really annoying. Yeah, because you do it constantly, so shut up. <laughs> yeah. uh, go on, go on, you do it. Oh, did you put your hand up to me then? Yeah, purposely. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're doing. Do it doing. to me, I'll do it back. I'm bitch. the heel, you're the jobber, okay? Right. Dragon Lee has um, a new biggest fangirl, and that is me. Uh, I think Dragon Lee is amazing. And one thing I want to note that Dragon Lee, every time he comes out, gets zero reaction from the crowd. The crowd literally watch him come out and go, oh, there's this guy again, looks a bit like Rey Mysterio with the mask. Cool. Every single one of Dragon Lee matches, <laughs> 
has had, we, this is awesome chance. Yeah, the last three weeks, as much as it's been... Ev- no, every one of them. Yeah. With Dom, with Cedric Alexander, um, with... Yeah, two with Cedric Alexander. Yeah. yeah. And now he fought Axiom this week, who is from NXT. Every match has... This is awesome. Get... When he comes on next week, I bet he gets no reaction again. It's like people forget how incredible he is because he's not doing any promos. He's not like making himself as a character because they're not allowing him to, I presume. But because he's not doing any promos, he's literally just coming out, doing a fight and then leaving. People are forgetting about him, but he is incredible. He does this move and he did it with Dom. That was the first time I saw it. And he did it again with Axiom where the opposition has their legs bent over the top rope and they are leaning back into the ring. So they're like, you know, leaning from their legs and he is on the top rope and he jumps and he stomps on their stomach. And it is so good every time he does it. It looks, it's like thin stomp, but it might be better. Because they're hanging from the rope. Because they're hanging. Yeah. Like, it is a really, really cool move. There was also a move that they did. So both men were amazing in this. Um, Actually, it's two cool moves they did. They also did a move where one of them was facing forward, one of them was facing backward. They were both stood on the top rope and they both did a full 360 flip off the front off the top rope. Um, obviously, like I say, one's facing forward, one's facing backward. So one front flips, one back flips. But they're so in sync when they do it. It's, it's beautiful. It's really impressive. Yeah. Really impressive. Um, and then there was another move that they did where Dragon Lee goes to do a power bomb on Axiom and Axiom somehow flips it. What's it called? And they land on their head. Like a, like a DDT. And he somehow flips it and does like a DDT. I, me and we both went, I want to see that again. That was mad. Yeah, gen- like genuinely, like... I'm I Dragon Lee's been impressing us every week, but I'm really glad to see Axiom being called up to do a match on on um SmackDown. Coming from NXT, and that's one of his first matches. I think that might have been his first match on the roster. I don't know. People can correct me, but like hey. Axiom on the main roster. Like, yeah, he's still NXT. Yeah, I know, but that might have been his first like match yeah, on the main so. roster. I think that was a really good match. Mm-hmm. A really, really good match. Um I said um Yeah, you have been all day. Ah, but yes, for Dragon Lee and Axiom to come off of the number one contenders tag team match, I think it's quite hard to do that, to be like the second match of the night after a match like that, where you're not really established just yet. And especially with someone like Axiom, who's just getting the call up and you think, oh, do I really want to pay attention to this guy as like, uh, as an audience member, as a watcher? I, I had saw him in NXT before and we like Dragon Lee anyway, so we were going to watch it. It's a tough thing to do, to be the second match of the night because you're keeping people's interest from the first one. And it's working. I think Dragon Lee's been the second match of the night for the last three weeks with Cedric and things like that. And each time I've come out and gone, oh, that was such a good match. You know what I mean? And like fair play to Axiom as well. And Axiom got his own little like video package at the beginning too. So they're doing these video packages to let people know like these are the, these are the next generation of superstars and I think they're really working, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I never really understood Axiom's mask because he looks like a Power Ranger. Until, yeah, I didn't really get until it. Until the video package. Did he explain it? Yeah, he explains it. He says, I wear the mask because I train with all these people, you know, in, in Spain and it could be any one of us. 